Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Because it doesn't matter what you may go through on this earth. It doesn't matter what you may suffer or what you may lose. There is a destination that I am bound for that is worth every heartache. It's worth every sorrow. It's worth every agonizing pain that I'll ever go through on this earth. I must be destination driven. I don't understand the reasons why God does everything that he does. But I'll tell you this much. It's not about this earth. It's not about this world. It's not about what I can see or claim or do or hold on to here. It's about the destination. And if I can find myself in the destination God has prepared for me, nothing else will ever matter. When I come into the presence of God, such as I'm feeling this morning, and we begin to bask in that presence and feel that there's something that changes inside of me that makes every problem that I have seem to disappear. For in His presence, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Don't forget, don't forget that we're headed someplace. It's not just about the here and the now. Amen. We're on a journey, and this journey is not over until we reach heaven's gates, heaven's thrones, heaven's streets. Praise God. Grab your Bibles. I'm going to get into the Word of the Lord right now. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him not half-heartedly seek him not occasionally seek him not seek him when things go awry or when some circumstance befalls them but those that diligently seek him he is a rewarder of those By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, the Bible said, he sojourned. That word sojourns, that mean, it means he temporarily stayed. It says that by faith that Abraham temporarily stayed in the land of promise. That struck me so strongly when I read that here recently. That even though God promised Abraham an earthly promise and God made good on an earthly promise, Abraham never lost sight of the eternal promise. He never lost sight of the promises of God on this earth. They're just temporary things. But we've got a a land beyond this land that we're headed to. Amen. God's given you some promises today that he will fulfill in your life. But don't you ever forget that there is an eternal promise after this life is over. And anything down here is not worth giving up that eternal promise. 
said, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There are two types of travelers. A few things I've learned in half a century of living on this earth. Abraham was a traveler. And I've, I've come to boil things down to its simplest of forms. I, I figured out that there's basically two types of travelers. There is there's the, the traveler that enjoys the journey, enjoys the trip. You know, they make lots of stops along the way. They go out of their way to hit some little diner that that uh, they used to go to as a kid or that somebody recommended. They, you know, they stop at every little uh, thing along the side of the way. Hey, let's pull over here and see the world's largest ball of string, you know. <laughs> Are you that kind of traveler? Come on, I know some of y'all. Uh, there you go. Enjoys the journey. She wants to see the things that are along the way. Takes lots of bathroom breaks. But there's another kind of traveler. And that is the destination-driven traveler. That zones in on the destination. And doesn't want to let anything get in the way or slow them down. And if you're traveling with that kind of a traveler, you better have a bladder made of steel, my friend. Because you're going to hear it along the way a lot, a, a, a lot, a lot. Just hold it. Do you really? We just stopped 10 minutes ago, but Dad, I got to go again. Hey, just hold it. We'll, we'll get there. We've got, a, we've got some place that we're trying to get to. We're never going to get there if we keep stopping. I want to preach to you today a message I've entitled Destination Driven. Destination Driven. Lord, bless this word in Jesus' name we pray. And would you say amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When he was 88 years old, Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes found himself on a train. The conductor began to walk down the aisle and began to ask for tickets and Oliver Wendell Holmes, as he normally had done because he was a traveler, he reached into his pockets and began to search for his ticket. He checked one pocket, then another, went from his pants to his jacket, looked inside of his wallet, looked everywhere, and he could not find the ticket. But he had one thing going for him, and that was that he was well known. And so the conductor of the train... He, he spoke to Mr. Holmes and he said, Mr. Holmes, that's okay. He said, I'm sure that the ticket is, is here somewhere on your person or maybe it's at your destination. And when you reach your destination, you can just give us your ticket and everything will be squared away. There'll be no problem. We trust you, uh, Mr. Holmes, to provide us the ticket. And, and Mr. Holmes' reply was this. He said, the problem isn't that I have misplaced and don't know where my ticket is. He said, the problem is I can't remember where it was I was going. I don't know which stop I'm supposed to get off at. His ticket was a reminder of his destination. Sometimes in life, I feel a whole lot like I can relate to a man like Oliver Wendell Holmes. When life gets so busy and so chaotic and, and you wake up every day and you're wondering how much you're going to get done and how much is going to have to be pushed off to the next day, sometimes it's easy for us to get wound up in all the commotion that life brings our way. Amen. Most of us have wondered the same things at times. You know, where am I going? 
Where is life leading me? Where's my, where's my journey going to take me? There are times in life where it seems like there's a clear picture. I, I, I always had those classmates in high school that had already had their, their life picked out for them. By the time they were in the second grade, they knew what they wanted to be, and they studied and took all the right classes, and here I am, I'm a senior in high school, and the counselor's bringing me into the office saying, uh, you know, Doug, so uh, what is it that your plans are? And I'm just like, I don't know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, and that's about where life took me. It took me to a lot of I don't know places. But there came a point in time in my life where I had to stop and begin to think and contemplate about my future. Where is it that I, that I want to go? Where is it that I want to wind up at? Then there came a time when God spoke to me as a middle-aged man, and he very clearly began to give me some direction. And this town was in that calling. This town was, was in that, that conversation that I had with the Lord. And God began to speak to us about the city of Sparta and about the, the church that was here. And uh, the only thing that was clear to me was that we had heard from God. Because things weren't easy. You've heard me talk about this before. This is nothing new, but, but it, it bears retelling here this morning. Uh, things weren't easy when we got here. We had a wonderful small group of people, but we had problems and, and life had just gotten a whole lot more complicated for the Rice family. I was going to work full time at a secular job. I was working, putting in about 60 hours a week, then trying to pastor a church and getting about four hours of sleep a night. And I would literally lay down in the back of my truck and throw some old boxes and some packages that, that were the right size. Thank God for those, those uh, little packages that had the bubble wrap built into them because those make a wonderful pillow and a wonderful pallet if you ever have to lay down on a hard cold steel floor of the back of a FedEx truck somewhere and instead of eating I would find myself laying down and trying to get another 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever I could muster just to get a little more rest and, and there were times when we came home and we just began to ask what are we doing where are we going this is harder than I thought you know, if God could have just showed me a picture of what I'm looking at, at today, <laughs> pews that are full of people, vibrant worship, altars that are full, a church that is alive, if God could have just showed me this picture right here, it would have been a whole lot easier for me to, to wage war in those few months that we were battling right then because I would have known those things. But God didn't give me a picture of the destination. He simply said, walk and we began to walk how could I have known that God was going to bless I should have known that God was going to bless I should have known that God was going to fulfill his promises but he just said walk and we began to walk not understanding the final destination I can't see my destination sometimes it's hard to see heaven from where we stand Sometimes it's hard to understand why we lose and we suffer and we hurt and we agonize over certain things. Heaven seems so far away. Heaven seems uh, like it's so such a distance.
distant place and we get bogged down in everything that's going on in the pain of this world. But God said in his word that this world was going to be nothing but trouble. And that's why he said, don't forget that you have to be destination driven. You cannot get caught up in the journey and be sidetracked or distracted through the journey and lose sight of your final destination because it doesn't matter what you may go through on this earth. It doesn't matter what you may suffer or what you may lose. There is a destination that I am bound for that is worth every heartache. It's worth every sorrow. It's worth every agonizing pain that I'll ever go through on this earth. I must be destination driven. By faith, Abraham said yes. God didn't tell him where he was headed. He just told him to go. It was an unknown place that would become his home. He couldn't go to Google Images and say, well, you know, God, before I, before I say yes to this, I'd like to go on uh, Realtor.com and just see exactly what it is that you're offering me here. And we'll talk about it. You realize that Abraham walked by faith. He had a conversation with God, and that conversation carried him away from everything that he knew, everything that he was comfortable with, everything that that he loved, everything that he had established, and he gathered what he could together, and he began to walk, and and the word says that he did not know even where it was that he was headed. He was just following the promise of God. All Abraham knew was that God had called him out of his home country, was taking him to a strange land. But that land one day would be his inheritance and his descendants would possess it. And it was in that promised destination that God would create a nation that would bless the entire world. Abraham arrives in this strange land. He doesn't know anybody. Great aunt, aunt Myrtle hadn't settled there in her retirement. And he had no connections there. There was nothing there that drew him. He didn't even speak their language. What kind of life is that? living with a bunch of strangers who don't even speak something that you can understand. And to top it all off, it's not a beautiful $350,000 mansion, a million-dollar palace that, that God's taking him to. They're all living in tents. Now, my wife is not a baby, but if I ask her, honey... You know what? We're going to sell everything that we have, get rid of everything, and we are going to do something totally, totally different. We're going to save so much money. She'd probably get her eyes all wide. Wow, what is it? We are going to sell our house, sell our cars, and we are going to live in tents and ride bicycles. Probably next Sunday, you might just see me at church. You got to think about what God is offering to Abraham here and what he's winding up in the place that he's in. How many of you ladies would put up with that very long? We're going to sell our house and we're just going to live in this tent. Not even the roughest, toughest of you 
would trade your house in for a little two-man pop tent. It's something that's fun to do every once in a while, but I like to go home and take a nice warm shower. If I were Abraham, I'd probably be thinking about going back home. The rest of his family's back there. Everything that he'd left behind back there. But Abraham, not, not him. He doesn't go home. He doesn't quit. He continues on. Why? Because he knew that God had called him. He knew that God had given him a destination. And even though he didn't know what the destination was, he knew and he trusted in God that God knew what the destination was. He trusted and knew that God knew better what was for him than he knew for himself. He understood and he trusted that God had a place, that God would fulfill promises, and that he would raise a mighty nation up in this place. And if he didn't trust God, he'd never understand the promises of God. He'd never be able to experience the destination that God had laid out for us. Amen. So Abraham just keeps on moving because he wants to be blessed. He keeps on moving because he wants to claim his inheritance. But in order to do that, he has to lay down what he sees and lay down what he knows and lay down what is tangible and walk by faith and not by sight. How many times have I been challenged to do that in my own life? How many times have you been challenged to do that in your own life? How many times have I stood at the bedside of somebody, amen, praying that God would heal them, only to see God go ahead and take them? I don't understand the reasons why God does everything that he does, but I'll tell you this much, it's not about this earth. It's not about this world. It's not about what I can see or claim or do or hold on to here. It's about the destination, and if I can find myself in a destination God has prepared for me, nothing else will ever matter. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's not always what we can see that matters or makes a difference. Sometimes it's what we don't see that makes all the difference. Sometimes it's a way that we perceive things differently than the world perceives them. The story goes that Sherlock Holmes and his sidekick Watson are camping one night. It's in the middle of the night and Sherlock wakes up and he looks at the stars. Beautiful, vibrant, glistening, shining. He reaches over and he pokes Watson Watson wakes up. Sherlock says, stars, stars. Watson said, yeah, you woke me up from sleep to tell me that there are stars. He said, well, yes, but what do the stars tell you, Watson? Watson said, well, cosmologically, they tell me that we're part of a large universe we're one of billions and billions of planets. But if you want to talk th theologically, then they tell me that we have a great God who made all of those stars and placed them just in the right spot. Or if you want to even talk meteorologically, meteorologically, no, you say it. Yeah, meteorology. 
meteorologically. <laughs> then they tell me that the sky is clear. And it is in the middle of the night. And Sherlock, we should be sleeping. But since you've got me awake here, let me just ask you, Mr. Holmes, what do the stars say to you? And Holmes's reply was, they tell me that somebody has stolen our tent. <laughs> you see, they were both experiencing the same experience. They were both looking at the stars, but their explanation of what they saw, their experiences were different because they were perceiving two different things. Watson was looking at things through a different set of lenses, but Sherlock, he was the logical one. He saw what was right in front of his faith, his face, amen. They were both in the exact same place, yet they saw totally different things. And Abraham is looking at things differently than everybody else was looking at them. And then the average person was looking at them. The average person looked at Abraham and said, you are crazy, man. The fact that you'd get up and leave everything that you know and your family and your belongings and everything behind to go off on some pipe dream that you said God spoke to you and he's going to provide for you a place, a, a destination. And when you get there and you don't even know where there is yet, but you're just going to start walking. But when you get there, God is going to make a mighty nation out of you. Come on, get real. Did anybody ever doubted? your walk with God? Did anybody ever doubted why you're dressing the way that you dress and why your lifestyle's changing and why, why you come to church and why you worship the way you do? Absolutely. This world can't understand the why we are the way we are. It's because they're looking at things differently. They're looking at the here and now. Amen. They are enjoying the journey, but the journey has a destination, and there's only one of two destinations that this journey is going to wind up in. Let me tell you something, friend. If hell is all you ever acquire for you what you want it's going to be an easy road to get there but if you want your destination to be heaven amen you have to be destination driven in order to make heaven your home God has prepared a way and it's a straight and it's a narrow way and few there be that find it but I want to be one of the few I said I want to be one of the few that find my way through the gates I want to be one of the few that walk the straight and the narrow way Here we are, this crisp May morning, middle of America. We're at a point in time that we'll never be at again. There's a lot of folks that like to procrastinate in their spiritual relationship with God. A lot of people that want to put making things right with God off to another day. Tomorrow's a different day. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to just... Enjoy the here and now today. I'll worry about the future later. I pray that it works out if that's your mindset. But sometimes we walk away never realizing it as the last opportunity that we might ever have. We see things differently. Because we see things differently, we react 
to things differently. I may shed a tear this afternoon at this homegoing service for somebody that was such an important part of this church, but it won't be for her. It'll be for my loss. I'll be feeling a little bit sorry for me. But how can I, how can I regret the fact that she has made it to the destination? <laughs> how can I be sorry that her race is won? That she's run and she's fulfilled it. And when she left this world, she was still with every ounce of strength that she had. She was praising God with that big old dead. Debbie Fritchley smile. She was praising God right down to the last minute. Why? Because she didn't let herself be detoured along the way. She made sure that her mind was destination driven. She never lost fact of the sight that heaven was calling her. Amen. If we can just get that in our minds every day from the youngest to the eldest here, we never know when God might call us home. We never know when we might not have another chance, but if we can just make up in our minds that I must make heaven my home. I must be driven toward the destination that God has prepared for me. Then we can make heaven because God's not trying to strip it away from us. God wants us there enough that he gave his own life for us to be there with him. God made a way. He made a way. He made a way. I look around this congregation and as thrilled as I am to see the crowd that is here, if you sat down with me, I could tell you faces that are no longer here that were here this time last year. People that got caught up in the journey, people that got sidetracked, got curious about things that in the long run won't make any more of a difference than a big, larger ball of twine. <laughs> Yeah, we stopped and saw the biggest ball of twine in the whole year, in the whole world. I don't care. I'm not trying to be rude, but it makes no difference to me. See, we get caught up in things that don't really make that much difference, and sidetracked by things that aren't going to change our life one one little dot, one little iota, and we get lost along the way. I'm not telling you not to stop and smell the roses. Just my analogy today for this message. Every once in a while it's nice to slow down and enjoy the journey. And that's fine just as long as you don't lose sight and you get lost on your way to the destination. Just stand with me today. What do you see? What do you see when you look at your future? What do you see when you see five years or ten years down the road? I guarantee you, most of you don't see destruction. 
even those that may not know God today, they, they may not see the heartache, but I promise you, even for the good and the bad, because it rains on the just and the unjust, that, that heartache and problems are going to come your way, whether you serve God or you don't serve God. And one thing is for sure, nobody lives forever. Nobody lives forever. There'll come a day when we will be forced to consider our destination. Would you bow your heads today? There's no greater peace. There's no greater peace than being in tune with the will of God. I'm not, I didn't say that there's no easier way to live. I just said there's no greater peace because sometimes being in the perfect will of God will take you into some very uncomfortable places and it will cause you to do some things that are uncomfortable for your flesh. What I said was there's no greater peace. And even though you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil because God is with you. His rod and his staff bring the child of God comfort. Why? The rod and the staff were used to direct, to keep a a lamb to keep a sheep from wandering too far away from the destination. Don't kick against the Word of God. Don't rebel against the Word of God. Embrace the Word of God because it is the lamp unto your feet. It is the light unto your path. It is the rod and it is the staff that gathers you back in when you're wandering a little too far away from the rest of those that are making their way towards the final destination. Hear me today. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.